Flip Podcast. My name is James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Welcome back, Marco. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. Almost to the end. Got one more, one more episode to go after this one, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're speeding, as Neil Stevenson books often do, especially the earlier books, speeding to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. But um seems like we've had a lot on the table here. So we'll see how mm-hmm. we wraps it up. Going from Mach 1 to this conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking uh, about Snow Crash, chapters 61 through 65. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to say if you want to support the podcast, if you enjoy listening to us banter, you can check out some of our creative work. Uh, we wrote a series of girl detective mystery novels. The latest one just came out, the third book in the series. Uh, the series is the Trouble Girl Detective Mystery Series. The latest book is called Trouble Takes a Holiday. Uh, if you go to mynameistrouble.com, you can find out more about it. Appreciate yep. it. Uh, we've been getting, doing pretty well in sales, like in YC. Nice. Better in the second book. I think we're nice. up. So People are just jumping so in at that third book. Keep it going. Would be even yeah. better, probably, if Amazon wasn't such a pain in the ass. Yeah, well, there they are. Yeah. Um, New in the metaverse, apparently this week. Legs. Legs? Legs. What are you talking about? You didn't see this post all over the place? No. Apparently the I metaverse. I don't is pay still... attention to dumb shit on Twitter about the metaverse personally. Oh, I I haven't seen this just on Twitter. I've seen this in a lot of places. Apparently the metaverse is still a thing that they're putting money into. Mm-hmm. And they're they're so excited because legs are coming soon. I guess they yeah. were just floating torsos before. Is this Facebook's thing? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. But it's called the metaverse. I mean, we got we got to. That's just like acknowledge their, it's it. It's just Facebook's metaverse. Like I'm just saying, yeah. it's called the metaverse. We're doing a snow crash podcast. We got to acknowledge it. I would love to hear Neil Stevenson shit on this for two minutes. I mean, I can see why they wouldn't have legs since you're not like you're not going anywhere. You're just sitting there, you know. But whatever. In a fucking meeting. Yeah, what you're just I, like little floating I, blobs. What do I need virtual reality for to sit in a fucking meeting? So you can make eye contact. We don't do it in Zoom meetings now. Anyway. Chapter 61. When last we left, YT had shoved the tablet out of the helicopter. The Namshovinki tablet just as the helicopter went away. So she's still a hostage of Elbov Rife. And Hero was uh, just getting swarmed on the deck there. Yep. And now the tablet has come crashing down to the helipad, broken into several fragments. All the people inside the helicopter are staring down at the tablet, which has burst out of its wrappings in the middle of the bullseye. Plastic is torn apart around the corners and fragments, large fragments of the tablet is flared out for a few feet in either direction. And here is just staring at it, like kind of dumbly, forgets to stare at anything else. And then a couple of wireheads tackle him, laying on his back, they're smashing to the ground. Now you can hear the sound and wind of Rife Chopper diminish in the distant puttering noise uh, that takes a long time to go away completely. So Rife is just flying away. It's like, you tackled that guy. We don't care about the tablet. We're flying away. Yeah. They're, as the wireheads are sitting on every appendage he has, they're, they're trying to drill in his brain. He's thinking that the wireheads are operating a remote control. Uh, Ing seemed to think that the raft had an organized mobile defense or organized defense system. Maybe there's a hacker in charge, an N sitting in the enterprise control tower, moving these guys around like an air traffic controller. Um, they have Hero by the wrists and ankles, holding him down, then carrying him across the flight desk like pallbearers. Yeah, it's pretty creepy the way he says he feels it tingling behind his ear, anticipating the scalpel on the drill. Uh, but they they just carry him over to one of the um, 
the big elevators. I guess the ones that like bring up and down airplanes, right? Yeah, is that what we're yeah. talking about. And they take them cue, down cue the the Top Gun theme. Yeah, yeah, they take them down to the hangar deck, and then suddenly hears a woman's voice speak, uh, speaking words gently but cleanly, and it's a lot of babble. And then he suddenly just like falls, like it's like the the dudes are holding him have collapsed, like wet towels falling off a rack. So he like, just like slams into the ground. Puppets with their strings cut, literally. Mm-hmm. And there's Juanita with a with a wire and antenna coming out of her head. I like she that tells, he he recognizes something in her posture first before he can see who it is. Yeah, she tells Hero that she came up with a Nam shove that turned off the wire heads. Mm-hmm. Tells him that she's going to give him a hug, but watch out for the antenna. And yeah, then, she's, uh, she's a wirehead. She's got the antenna coming out of her skull. But here she does. He hugs her back. The antenna is upside his nose, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. I like how she says, get up, lazy bones. But I thought that was neat that he he recognized her from the posture, like kind of earlier, how they're talking about avatars and nonverbal communication and whatnot. You know, like that's that's how he sees her before he sees her is just he he recognizes her body language. One of one of the first things that she assures him is that once he gets this thing removed, the hair will grow back. (laughs) The hug was really more for me than you. It's been a lonely (laughs) time up here. Lonely and scary. Uh, yeah, so she's one of the bad guys now, and she's like, "Well, if I am, I'm doing a bad job at it." <laughs> so she says the attendant thing doesn't really work on her, and there are ways to fight it. And she's so like, "Why doesn't it work on you?" And she says, "So the last couple of years, hanging around with Jesuits. Look, your brain is an immune system, just like your body. The more you use it, the more viruses you get exposed to. The better your immune system becomes. And I've got a hell of an immune system. Remember, I was an atheist for a while, and then I came back to religion the hard way. So sure. <laughs> he's like, "Why didn't Why didn't it screw like you up like David?" And she's, well, I came here voluntarily, like Inanna. And she's like, well, why would anyone come here voluntarily? And there's just this great exchange here where she's like, don't you realize this is it? This is the nerve center of all religion that is at once brand new and very ancient. Being here is like following Jesus and Muhammad around, getting to observe the birth of a new faith. He's like, but it's terrible. Rife is the Antichrist. Well, of course he is, but it's still interesting. And Rife's got something going, like else going working for him. Eridu. And he's like, oh, the city of Enki. And she's like, yeah, he found every tablet Enki ever wrote. For a person who's into religion hacking, this is the only place in the world to be. These tablets were in Arabia. I'd put on a, a chador and burn my driver's license go there. But the tablets are here. So I let them wire me up instead. So I guess she can't be controlled by the me because of her, like, I don't know, religious defenses. You know, like her mental defenses. Whatever. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I, This is I very would... much like uh, you just have to meditate and, you know, like study and, and you can do it. I, I almost feel like we heard the contradictory notes to this in the previous, you know, episode, but sure. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, I, I, she's I, I feel like he's just brain against viruses. He's just viruses. like, atheists don't write me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all this time your goal is to study Yankee's tablets to get the me just like Anana. What else? And have you been studying them? Oh, yes. And she points to the fallen wireheads. And I can do it now. I'm a ba- Baal Shem. I can hack the brain stem. And he's like, you know, I'm happy for you, you know, but uh, we got a little problem. There's like a million people around us who want to kill us. And you can paralyze all of them. She's like, yeah, but they die. Uh, so she says the problem, first things first, is there's that control tower there. Uh, and Hero's like, okay, you get ready to grab the tablet and I'll take the control tower. And she's like, how are you going to do that? By cutting people up with swords? He's like, yeah, it's what they're, the only thing they're good for. She's like, let's do it the other way. So she gets up and walks across the hangar deck. Yeah, so uh, he he uh, goes to collect the Namshub of Enki and this this tablet wrapped in a clay envelope covered in a cuneiform equivalent of a, a warning sticker. It's shattered into dozens of pieces. He's basically wrapping them up in plastic and scooping them together. And then, long story short, he he kind of like takes a picture and then calls he, up the he librarian. Just, he just puts all the pieces out flat, takes a picture you know. of it, 
and says, hey, hey, librarian, do you have software that can put this together? Yeah. The librarian's like, sure, just did it. And he's like, can you read Sumerian? Sure. Can you read it out loud? Sure. Okay, get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they can hear all like the voices. He gets he gets to her. You hear all the voices screaming out as um, they have the librarian read it. We don't kind of we don't really hear what they say. Yeah, Juanita has like um, I think there's just like a bunch of peacefully slumbering wire heads who she is like put to sleep but not killed presumably. No. Uh, and so she's like just got a microphone there. She's like tapping it like here you go, fly for the raft. Yeah. So he has the librarian read it. He reads it out. Uh, while he's reading it, he glances up at Juanita and sees that she's. Sitting in the far corner of the room with her fingers stuck in her ears. And uh, you can start to hear the wireheads talk. And it's like you can hear them talking all over. It's just all this babbling as he reads it out. Yeah, just this confusion of tongues. Uh, So he sees it's affecting her a little too. He sees this little trickle red in her ear. And I think you're thinking that moment for a moment, like it's like her brain is bleeding a little bit. But, you know, she's like, oh, just a little bit of primitive surgery. And she says she used a scalpel and slid it under the base of the antenna and cut the wire that goes in her skull. And she did it while he was on the flight desk. And and he's like, why? And she's like, well, again, why do you think? I, so I wouldn't be exposed to the Amshel Venki. I'm a neurolinguistic hacker now, Harrow. I went through hell to obtain this knowledge. It's part of me. Don't, I don't want to submit to a lobotomy. And he's like, will you get out of this? Will you be my girl? And she's like, naturally. Let's get out of it. <laughs> it's all he's really, you know, he's like, can we still have sex? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Congratulations on your, your neurolinguistic hacking. Congratulations on Godhood. Yeah. yeah. Um, so cut to YT in the helicopter. She says, I was just doing my job, man. This inky dude wanted to get a message to Hero, and I delivered it. Shut up, Rice says. He doesn't say it like he's pissed. He just wants her to be quiet because what she did doesn't make any difference now that all his wire heads are piled on top of Hero. Yeah. Um, so she's looking out the window. There's another chopper, uh, the rare, like Rife advanced research enterprises, like catches up with them. It's full of medics. She can see Raven sitting in one of the seats inside. Uh, she thinks he's unconscious because he's hunched over, but it turns out he was just goggled in the metaverse. He like reaches up and pulls the goggles off and like kind of looks out the window. Their eyes meet. Her heart starts fluffing around weakly, like like a, or starts fluffing around weakly like a bunny as a buck back. He grins and waves. YT sits back in her seat and pulls the shade down over the window. She's just like, ah, geez, this fucking guy can't get rid of him. It's such an interesting way to like deal like the not. It actually, just makes Raven seem like such a fucking goober. <laughs> well, but Neil Stevens is always very good about using the character's physical actions to to convey their emotions. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have to always say like this is how Whitey feels. It's yeah. you know she just draws a shade down over the window. Um, yeah. So sixty three. Uh, that was a very short chapter, by the way. Sixty two. It's like two pages, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so so Rife thinks as they leave the the raft, he thinks that hero's done for, and the raft or the the tablet can't hurt them. It's just kind of like ah, whatever. We got him. Fuck that guy. We'll deal yeah. with that later. Yeah. The the invasion of California proceeds. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So we get a lot of we get a lot of uh, spatial uh, awareness of the metaverse from how far it is. From uh, Hero's front yard to El Bob Rife's Black Cube at Port 127. Yeah, he's he's goggled into the street right now in the metaverse. It's like 30-something thousand kilometers away. He's He's got his bike. He just Three, has to get yeah. out of downtown. Yeah, the, the downtown, is, the street is cluttered with vehicles, animercials, commercial displays, public plazas, and other bits of saw-looking software that get in the way. Animercials. Yeah. Animercials. Not to mention a few distractions off to his right, about a kilometer away from the Black Sun. The deep hole on the hyper-Manhattan skyline. 
It's an open plaza about a mile wide, a park of sorts where avatars can gather for concerts and conventions and festivals. Most of it is occupied by a deep dish amphitheater that's capable of seating close to a million avatars at once. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Down at the bottom, there's a huge circular stage. Normally that stage is occupied by major rock groups. Tonight is occupied by the grandest and most brilliant computer hallucinations that the human mind can invent. A three-dimensional marquee hangs above it, announcing tonight's event. A benefit concert staged on behalf of David Meyer, who is still hospitalized with an inexplicable disease. Amphitheater is half filled with hackers. So we got a lot of hackers in one place there. Yeah, which is interesting. So the the Chernobyl concert later on is happening in in, in like reality. Real, real LA. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh yeah. So why need one need I mean, I don't know, is this a concert or just some sort of weird like it, it just says it's like a um computer hallucinations. So it is like watching like the iTunes visualizer or something. Is there music? I don't know. Yeah. It's that uh thing that uh Palpatine's watching of Anakin at the opera and sure, Revenge of the yeah. Sith. Um, yeah, so Juanita's next to Hero, like also goggled in. Uh, we hear that Ryu's helicopter has a mobile uplink so he can get into the metaverse, but while he's airborne, there's only one access point, um, meaning into the metaverse. So they're hoping to get there first and block it. Uh, in the metaverse, to get to port 127, there's the black cube and there's no door. So he starts walking over the street towards the cube, reflects no light at all. He can't tell whether it's 10 feet or 10 miles away from him to security yeah. daemons. I like how he says it's just like YT described it. <laughs> yeah. Um, these are all big sturdy avatars in blue cover, all sort of quasi military looking, but without rank. Uh, they don't need rank because they're all running the same uh, the program. So they come at him. He mumbles a word, slips into his invisible avatar. Uh, he says it'd be interesting to hang out and see how they handle it, but he's got no time for them to adjust to it. So he just keeps moving, slams into the wall, and they come at him. So it's like they can they can find him. They can sense his, the computer his presence, like when he's interacting with other stuff. Maybe you know. But it's like they, they can, can find the him, but like they can't do anything to him because I think he's not yeah. only invisible, he's also very small. Yeah. Or, and or so, takes up very little matter. Yeah. Yeah. He says when here is invisible, there's very little for them to shove. But if they are well written, they may have more subtle ways of messing him up. So he's not wasting time. Pokes his katana through the side of the cube and falls it through the wall and out the other side. So that he describes in detail about this like hack that he's invented that he does with his uh, sword and how he can. Like him and only him has this like all penetrating katana that can just like slice right through anything and like hack through walls. Well, it's, Which, yeah, it's interesting. He can't he can't cut a hole in a wall mm-hmm. because that would be changing the shape of someone else's building. But his sword, when he wrote that code and put it into the 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 metaverse, it can penetrate anything. And I guess the idea is it's kind of like if he just keeps pushing and following it, it'll take yeah. him with it. But it's like, is he alone in the metaverse? Has this power? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> because he was one of the ones who helped write it. Um, yeah, so, so he describes Rifeland as a vast, brightly lit space occupied by elemental elementary shapes done up in primary colors. It's like being in the inside of an educational toy designed to teach solid geometry to three-year-olds. Cubes, spheres, tetrahedrons, polyhedrons, connected with a web of cylinders and lines and helices. But in this case, it has gone way, way out of control, as if every Tinker Toy set and every Lego block ever made has been slapped together according to some long-forgotten scheme. Hmm. So he's he's basically he knows that this represents like all the systems and networks of Rife's enterprises. There, uh, he could perhaps try to hack it as when he suggested, but there'd be no point in messing with something he doesn't understand. He might waste hours fooling around in some piece of code only to find out it was the software to control the automatic toilet flushers at Rife Bible College. So here he keeps moving, keeps looking at the tangle of shapes, trying to find a pattern. He knows now that he has found his way into the boiler room of the entire metaverse, but he has no idea what he's looking for. 
So yeah. it's interesting. You could kind of visualize just like this weird geometric, you know, like clusterfuck that he's found himself in with all these like little nodes and things connecting each other. And he's trying to figure out what's what. Well, and it's, it's, it's interesting too, because no matter how big the black cube is in the metaverse, once you enter it, it could be much bigger on the inside, right? Presumably. Yeah. I don't know if there's any other restrictions on that. I mean, it sounds like it cause hero has this whole like fancy office and whatnot with like new yeah. rooms that open up. Yeah, so he realizes that it's like several different networks that he's looking at, probably representing the fiber optics network. There's a few less complicated networks in the mix, which probably represent like coaxial lines, like cable television or voice phone lines. Um, and there's another thing that represents the the government of the United States, yeah, where he, hackers go to die, Hero says. He finds this like, there's like these blue cubes and cables, and it's like, okay, well, what are these things? And he gets close enough to see the blue cube has a big white star on each of its six faces. And when he says, it's the government of the United States. Really taking the piss out of the U.S. government. Yeah, as he, Harris says, the largest and yet the least efficient producer of computer software in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so here on YTV, eating a lot of junk food together in different joints all over L.A. Donuts, burritos, pizza, sushi, you name it. And all YTV ever talks about is her mother and the terrible job she has with the feds, the regimentation, the lie detector test, the fact that for all the work she does, she really has no idea what the government's really working on. I love this detail that like they've been seemingly hanging out a lot. We haven't really witnessed much of it, but like in the like month or two that they've you know been partners seemingly they're hanging out like every day or something you know we just just get right past it getting lunch talking about Juanita yeah and how Hero's trying to get back with her and you know going over their intel and whatnot although I don't know Hero I feel like you maybe forgot to tell White T about the whole um Rife connection to the Rife Bible College or or whatever that that van was that like ordered her um her thing or they trapped her at Fedland? Because doesn't that where she got trapped? Well, no, but they 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 order her to deliver something there, and she looks up who the order is from, and it's from like a rife advanced oh, rare. research or something. Yeah. 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 She probably shouldn't have walked into that mm-hmm. trapped. Um yeah. So he's just been wondering, like, what the fuck is like the government's purpose for? Um, and it basically was invented this for, to do stuff that the private enterprise doesn't like like bother with which means that there's probably no reason for it mm. you never know what they're doing or why let me, let me just, introduce you to the tragedy of the commons hero yeah this is the bureaucracy of hacking yeah mm. there's governments coding sweatshops um who try to forget all the shit they've done they have thousands of programmers who work 12 hours a day out of some twisted sense of loyalty so hero thinks that the government has been undertaking some big software development for project for l bob rife um one of the things that makes sense since Rife has this love hate relationship with programmers and the government is the only entity he could trust to do something like this. And then, oh shit, here comes Raven. Yeah. Uh oh. Just a stone throw away. He just sees Raven, like he sees the motorcycle. Um, which, by the way, like, where is the sidecar? Like, obviously, the sidecar's here in the street on his right. motorcycle. Where is the sidecar in real life? Because it's like, if you're trying to kill Raven, somebody's blowing up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, good question. Is it on the raft? <laughs> sorry, sorry, transubstantiation in your whole family. Yeah, you've just potentially gotten your brains back, but mm. kaboom. Uh, yeah, so Raven's taking one of the big objects out of there. Uh, and then one even here recognize it as the, what they were afraid of. This is Rife's Revenge. The big one, yeah. It's, it's going to be headed for the amphitheater where all the hackers are gathered in one place. It's going to infect them all at once. It's going to burn their minds, so... I guess this is what we're saying the U S government has been working on is like this, like super snow crash pill or something like a snow crash bomb. That's going to like nuke all the hackers at once. Anyone, call it, oh, anyone who can see it. 
Didn't they say logic bomb at one point? Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Raven's already on the motorcycle in 64. Piero chases on the foot. He might catch him before he reaches the street, but he might not. In that case, Raven would be on his way to downtown at tens of thousands of miles per hour while Hero is still trying to get on his back on his own motorcycle. At those speeds, once Hero has lost sight of Raven, he's lost him forever. So, yeah, yeah, at some point here, they describe it as a logic bomb glowing soft blue like a heavy water in a reactor. Yeah. Uh, Raven doesn't see Hero at first. Hero has this like, chance. He draws his katana, aims his bike at Raven, pumps it up, and he's like, he almost gets there, but he misses. He also turns visible again because... Yeah. It, apparently he's a lot slower when he's invisible yeah raven uh, looks up sees hero bearing down on him verse four the sword cuts air behind raven's head yeah because one of the security demons uh warns raven yeah uh, and then they they both slam into the monorail like stanchion <laughs> shit both of them say simultaneously yeah and so they both it's basically they're they're both like screaming for downtown hero is a half mile behind him but he can see him clearly and so they're just like pacing each other a half mile like slower 50,000 miles an hour they're both going yeah uh, here it is for Juanita and us that if you can take off Raven's head like they're finished the bad guys are finished and she reminds us that you know that would mean Raven wouldn't be able to log back in until the graveyard demons dispose of his, his avatar which Hero controls so all he has to do is kill his avatar this he one time personally controls the graveyard demons for the entire metaverse yeah that's not a it bad just job seems like a security it. you know issue there I mean to a certain degree, Hero's superpower is that he got in early. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it'd be like, I think there's more companies now, but for a while there was like one registrar that like did all the like um like domain name mapping, you know, like if you want to go buy a whatever.com. I think originally it was one company like Network Communications or something who did that. I think yeah. there's more that do it now or something. But it's like it's it's as though he personally like he that's his personal business is something like that, you know, or it's like he's the only one that controls this major piece of infrastructure. Well, for a while, you could be a lucrative little troll who like went and bought oh, every and squatted, yeah, yeah, just squatted everyone's like website name. Yeah, yeah, you go buy like jerryrice.com before he does, and you're like, pay me a million dollars for it. Or, or in the world of like, like finding out like movie news ahead of time, it's mm-hmm. like, oh shit. Like Marvel just uh, registered these five domains. One of them that is the name of the movie. Occasionally. You'll still get yeah. the the news oh, leaks yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody uh, figures like, out that some shell company just registered like these Marvel names. One of these five is the next movie title. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, they they'll always get a couple at a time just to try to throw you off. I don't know. Yeah, so when he says the moment the chopper gets back to land, they'll have better access to net, can send someone else in. And Hero says, no, the uncle ends up Mr. Lee are waiting for them on land, so they'll have to do it in the next hour while they're airborne. Though they do get back to land. Yeah, it's now or never. But in chapter yeah. 65, they are going to get back to land. YT suddenly wakes up. She realizes that she was asleep. Something about the thwop of the rotor blades must have lulled her. She must be tired of shit is what it really is. Because I think she's kind of been up all night. Like, I don't even know what time it is. I think it's morning, right? Or at least daytime at this it point. It feels it feels like we're like in the harsh light of day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she she had her job at the fish line or then whatever. She went on her date and like her, she was stuck there while Raven went and did a job. Like a seven hour date. And then they eventually like got back to like the hotel. Very and briefly got, had sex. And then she went to the lobby. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's been basically at full power ahead for a while now. Yeah. Um, so Rife is upset that he's having like comnet issues. Someone's like blocking their sky phone. At one point, right or at one point, the president's like, "I might be able to get a line," and Rife gives him a look like, "Right, asshole." Is <laughs> the president really taking L's? I mean, is this is he doing like a Bush riff here? Because this was pre Clinton, so 
I mean, like original Bush or maybe Reagan here. I mean, yeah. I mean, especially if you read that Rife is kind of based on Perot. Kind of. He's to a certain Perot degree. and a few other people, yeah. I mean, like he like the physically description, he seems like mm-hmm. he's a much more virile man than Perot sure. is. That guy looked like a hand puppet. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just if this this I, came out in ninety two, and so like yeah. you're writing it beforehand. Like Clinton's probably not super on the national radar when he's writing this. So I mean, unless it's somebody like, I don't know, Gary Hart or something that he's thinking of. Gary Hart's or a Dukakis. <laughs> Bob Ritchie's just in his little tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Dukakis would But it's just like the president is just better. such an ineffectual weenie that like this this captain of industry has no time for him, you know? Like, yeah. You're kind of useless here. Yeah. So, right. fast. Anyone has a quarter. The first payphone they'll see, they'll, they'll sit down and he'll make a call. And he's like, can you believe that? Me using a telephone? <laughs> so, Whitey looks out the window and sees California. So, cue the OC theme song, yeah. the Phantom Planet Back song. The Golden State. Yeah, they're following the freeway. Uh, Chopper sits down in a parking lot of a buy and fly. And because it's empty, we're told they don't cut any heads off. <laughs> Which I, I took to mean, like, this thing is coming down, even if there were like, people oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some kids are inside playing video games and Rife gets out and runs over to the payphone. And YT's just like, haha, fools, you, you've left me next to the fire extinguisher. Well, I like so how she, um, when they land, like, there's a couple kids playing video games. They barely look up at the astonishing side of the chopper. She's glad. YT is totally embarrassed to be seen with this dull assortment of old farts. <laughs> yeah. So she she grabs the fire extinguisher, tries to like extinguish like Tony's face. Nothing happens. So she just hits him in the face with it. She gets she's just like, fuck. Yeah, she like gets like half out of the chopper, like gets caught up on a seatbelt or something uh, or one of her pockets. Tony's like on his hands and he's coming after her, but she gets out of the parking lot and starts running. She sees that neighboring this is the Neo-Aquarian Temple in in a Mr. Lee's Greater Hong Kong franchise. So Frank and Tony and the pilot have gotten out and they're like blocking the exits in the parking lot. She says there's no use going to the Neo-Aquarian Temple. If she needs help, the best circuit from them is mentioned in their mantras next week. Yeah, Mr. Lee's Greater Hong Kong is another story. She runs the fence and starts trying to climb it. About eight feet, eight feet of chain link with razor ribbon on top. But her clothing should stop most of the razor ribbon, mostly. But she only gets about halfway up. And then L. Bob Rife is grabbed around the waist, pulled her off. And she's kind of uselessly kicking and, you know, screaming with her arms. They're like walking her back to the chopper. So, so close. Yeah, so close. So she sees someone in the parking lot. It's a courier cruising in off the highway, just kind of chilling out, taking it real easy. So yeah. she's screaming. I'm like, hey, hey, I'm a courier. My name's YT. These maniac scum guys kidnapped me. Wow, the courier says, what a drag. <laughs> then he asks her something, but she can't hear it because the helicopter is whirling its blades up. You're taking me to LAX, she screams, because uh, that's where they, they want to go next once they've made their phone call. Because he wants to get the jet to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Rife throws her face first in the chopper, takes off, and it's noticed by the antennas on the roof of Mr. Lee's. In the parking lot, the courier watches the chopper taking off. It's really cool to watch. There's a lot of bumping guns on it. But those dudes inside the chopper were harshing that chick major. The courier pulls his personal phone out of his holster. Jackson, the erratic central command, and punches a big red button. He calls a code. It's time to hack the planet. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, <laughs> the banks of the L.A. River, that shithole. I, I love that they bring it back to Vitaly Chernobyl here. We haven't heard from that guy in a while. But yeah, like, yeah meanwhile, at the, the Vitaly Chernobyl and the Meltdowns concert, like the banks of the LA River, there's like 2,500 couriers are like just chilling out, listening to Control Rod Jam, and uh, his new his new single, yeah, yeah. What does he say? Taking advantage of this soundtrack to style up and down the banks of the river, 
Only Vitaly alive can get their adrenaline pumping hard enough to enable them to skate a sharp bank at 80 miles per hour without doing a Wilson into the concrete. Yeah. Yeah. So all the skaters then get a red blinking light flash on their personal phone. Looks like some poor skater is called a code. Elsewhere, um, we're back with Fido in, in the Mr. Lee's Greater Hong Kong franchise in the outskirts of Phoenix. The, yeah. With Rat Thing B782, who starts hearing distant barking. Um, I mean, I guess we could just sum this up pretty quickly. I mean, basically, <laughs> basically, it's like Fido is woken up. He he hears the barking of something weird's going down at this uh, French lit in L.A. And he kind of it's he's getting like the down, you know, the download. He can see pictures of what's happening. And it's like, hey, it's that nice girl who liked me. You know, like, yeah. what are they doing now? He gets very angry. Um, it's his job to keep strangers out of his yard. Um, but he's he realizes that like he needs to protect that girl more than anything else. And so he just jumps right over his fence. Uh, you can remember a long time ago when he used to jump over things that were taller than his head. And so he just comes out, jumps right over the fence, even though he's not supposed to be capable of jumping over it and just like gets out on the highway. Like I like to describe this like sonic boom as he's going down like main street, like breaking well, the, all these windows. The way it's worded too, is it's like halfway through the jump, he realizes, Oh, I'm not supposed to be able to make this jump. And then he makes the jump, of course. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's overriding his programming. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it leaves a, his passage as a trail of dancing uh, sparks down the center of the franchise ghetto. But once he makes his way out under a long, straight piece of highway, it begins to leave further evidence. A spume of shattered blue safety grass splaying outward in parallel veins from all four lanes of traffic as the windows and the windshields of the cars blow out of their frames, spraying into the air like a rooster tails behind a speedboat. So yeah. he's coming at like more than the speed of sound from Phoenix. Oh, here we go. As part of Mr. Lee's good neighbor policy, all rat things are programmed never to break the sound barrier in a popular area. But Fido's in too much of a hurry to worry about the good neighbor policy. Jack the sound barrier. Bring the noise. Fuck yeah. (laughs) It's like he can hear the Vitaly Chernobyl song. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that is it. These are a short collection of chapters here. Yeah. So we're doing seven next time. We are going to finish the book next time. So I think it's up to 72. Yeah. We're going to jack the sound barrier and bring the noise. Yeah, these are very short chapters at the end here, um, but a lot going on. Um, I I really like that he's bringing, like, he's found a way to work the metaverse into the finale. So it's, you know, it's like, because we, I feel like we spent enough time there that we want something big to happen there, you know? Well, it's enough time there too, where we're intimately aware of the details and the creation of it and like the physics of it. So, and he spent yeah. a lot of time setting up the whole bike thing, you know, to get yeah. us ready for this bike chase. Um, yeah. And so we've got, we've got that. We've brought back Fido, the rat thing, like that's paying off, you know, it's kind of yeah. like the, the X factor in all this is that YT was nice to this rat thing. And the other rat thing, you know, that used to be her dog sees it and like, remembers and that's you know it's it's a variable no one could have accounted for that mm-hmm. she was nice to this dog once and so it's going to come help her out mm-hmm. yeah amidst the bike chase and all bike i mean chases. the sound barrier is like what about like 700 miles an hour or something like that eat my shit tron uh yeah something like that so i mean i don't know how far phoenix is from la probably less than 700 miles i would guess so oh mm. it's gotta be yeah yeah maybe so, I, I mean, we'll find out should be there in under an hour, basically, is what we're saying. Should be there in a, under a couple chapters. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only time that really matters. Yeah. And just, anyway. I'm just wondering about Raven and his nuke right now. Where is the nuke? That's a good question. Like, I would want to know that before I, like, delivered the killing blow on Raven. Or maybe the plan is just to, like, incapacitate him. Because seemingly nothing happened when he hit the Dentata there. So, 
if you could just like keep this guy incapacitated until you could figure out a way to like i don't know remove the you know remove the nodes that he's got wired up or well so is there a plan to physically take out raven or just take him out of the metaverse um i mean i feel like he's dangerous in real life so true true but like but right now where we are in the book well yeah just trying to shut him out to stop in the metaverse but like raven is going to be with rife when they land at lax presumably right right so yeah presumably the rare copter is just hovering over this this bind fly mm-hmm. watching all this <laughs> uh or i guess they just went on to lax anyway yeah so a little bit of a short episode but we'll have our conclusion next week should be a lot of fun and then i think we'll we might take a week or two off but we want to we've got to find the right piece of media to visit as like a you know an a moose bouche to wrap it all up um have you seen there's like that Amazon like peripheral show? Have you seen any trailers for that? You know what gets me about that uh, 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 by the makers of Westworld, Jonathan yeah. Nolan and, and his it's wife, a William Gibson book, I think. Yeah, is that it? Doesn't visually look good. Do you know what I mean? Like where like Westworld was clearly like a very intriguing piece of art visually. I mean, Westworld probably had a bigger budget. I'm guessing. <laughs> Maybe, but I I just expected it to be more visually compelling. I like Chloe Moretz. I'm glad she's I mean, getting work. Amazon's spending all their money on Rings of Power, so yeah, that's, that's where all the Bezos them. bucks are going. It's going to bankrupt them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you've got 1995's Hackers. Um, sadly, the Ready Player One movie is such like a such like a kind of Fisher Price version of the story in a lot of ways, you know. Like, I like how you you keep overlooking Johnny Mnemonic. I've never seen Johnny Mnemonic. So. Neither have I. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can watch that. It features the Yakuza somehow. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's hilarious to me how much of a ripoff in a lot of ways Ready Player One is to this. Like, just taking all the ideas, basically, and infusing it with, like, 80s nostalgia. I mean... Like, the villain in that is the same, like, corporate you know like comcast network basically like i i in this era of just like reboots and revisits i'm i'm I, i'd be fascinated to see like uh the snow crash sequel set in their alternate 2022 where hero and yt have to take on like a bezos type i don't know yeah or the new metaverse. They have to I, defeat the I'd new just metaverse. Like to see a, a faithful adaptation to this book. You know, that's that's all I'm into lately. Is can can you faithfully adapt the material for the IP that you're, you know, making content out of? You could easily. Mm-hmm. You could do it for somewhere between the peripheral and Westworld's budget. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the episode where you have reason shooting up the raft. That's that's where all your money's going to go. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Until next time. Yes, until next time. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.